Amen. There we go. Amen. Amen. When all else fails, amen, we can just look to Jesus. Amen. I want you to turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to be reading verses 22 through 25. And if you don't mind, I've got a little bit of an echo here with this microphone. I need to turn the monitors down maybe a little bit. If you don't mind standing for the reading of the word real quickly. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 through 25. Amen. When you got it, say amen. If you don't have it, it's up on the screen for you. Hebrews chapter 10. Starting at verse 22, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful. Aren't you thankful that God is faithful? He is faithful that promised and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Brother James was just talking about that, to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking, everyone say not forsaking, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I'd like to preach to you. I'm not, I'm not, not going to be in front of you very long. I just want to preach from this title tonight, though. Stay in the pack. Stay in the pack. I'll explain that in just a moment. Can we just pray real quick? Jesus, bless the preaching of your word, your word is already anointed, but let our hearts and our minds be anointed to receive and our ears be anointed to hear what the spirit would say to your church today. Anoint these lips of clay that I may speak your word. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. They've got a video up there that I want to play. And again, we're just going to play that up to about two minutes and 15 seconds. And then you can stop it. Brother Robert, we might have to turn these lights down a little bit. Lions have great vision. The brightest sunshine won't blind them, and in low light, they can see six times better than humans. They can hear prey from a mile away. And their sense of smell is so keen they can tell how recently the prey passed. Lions will take on prey more than twice their size. A full-grown zebra can weigh nearly half a ton. One kick from those hooves can break a lion's jaw. Lions are sprinters, not marathoners. They can hit 35 miles an hour, but only for a few seconds. So they team up, approaching their prey from different angles. Zebras learn to keep their distance, but one zebra is about to violate the first rule of the safari. Always stay with the group.
for the typical death blow, crushing the windpipe. All right, perfect. Let me turn the lights back on there so we don't all fall asleep. Hopefully you stayed awake. So what was the lion's, I mean the zebra's first mistake? He got away from the herd. He got away from the group. Oh, I'm sorry, Natalie was going to answer that. I didn't see her hand. He got away from the group, right? He, he left the herd. He got out where he was all by himself, all by his lonesome, as my, my dad would have said. Now, the Bible tells us that we as Christians have an enemy who is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, Peter instructs Christians to be sober and to be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The, the lion, the roaring lion, he, he walks about. In, a, uh, in the Greek, that means making due use of every opportunity that he has. And, and as he's looking for opportunity, he is seeking whom he may devour. He's, he's trying to find out who can I take out. Uh, uh, the devil, the, our enemy, is always lurking around looking for an opportunity to attack us so that he can devour us. That word devour means to, to drink down or to swallow up or to destroy. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 10, verse 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy or to devour us. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly i'm thankful for abundant life i'm thankful that the shepherd has a better plan because the devil's only plan for us is to destroy us to to devour us and when because that enemy is out there lurking peter said there are there are three things that we need to do the first thing he told us to do is to be sober in other words be cool be calm be be collected be circumspect, another meaning of that word uh, in the Greek uh, where it says be sober is to be circumspect. Or in other words, be, be careful and consider all of the circumstances and the consequences of every action. I need to think about that. I, I, if, if I know there's a lion out there ready to attack me, if I know that there's an enemy out there who is lurking and, and waiting, I need to be very careful that I, that I stay where I'm supposed to stay, that I weigh every action on its consequences because I understand there, there are consequences for every action. And then Peter tells us that we need to be vigilant. In other words, we need to keep our eyes open. We need to pay strict attention to something. We need to, and, and uh, as I look this up in the Strong's Concordance, it said to take heed lest through remissness or lest through the fact that I forget something or the fact that I mess up. Lest through remissness and indolence, some destructive calamity will suddenly overtake me. I need to be careful that I keep my eyes open and I'm alert and I'm watching lest I make a mistake or lest I get somewhere where I'm not supposed to be and I leave myself open and vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 9, he gives us another instruction. He said, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren 
that are in the world. That word resist, I think we all understand what that means, but it means to withstand. It means to to oppose something. I, uh, I think of when you go in a, into a room, you're being chased, and you you shut the door, and you you barricade that door. You're resisting it. You're trying to make sure that, that the person or the people who are chasing you cannot get in there, so you're doing everything you can. If you're next up that door, you're, you're getting up behind it, and you're putting your shoulder up against it, trying to make sure that you're resisting, you're opposing, you're pushing back against them and that's what Peter says for us to do we need to resist the devil amen I'm thankful for what James said in James chapter 4 and verse 7 submit yourselves therefore to God and if I do that then I can resist the devil and he will flee from me aren't you thankful that that the Bible tells us if I do resist if I put my legs in if I dig in deep and I say I'm not going to give in to you that the Lord says he will flee from us but I want to take a little bit closer look at what Peter said. Look back at 1 Peter. If you can get that back up there, Sister Leilani. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 9. Says, look, we've got to watch. We've got to be alert. We've got to resist. We've got to stand against the enemy. We've got to do all th- those things. I believe it. Uh, with all of my heart, we must do those things. But I think there's a little bit more to it as, as we look at this verse. Let's, if we just look at it on the surface, it might seem like that you know it's all up to us, that, that I just have to to do it on my own but Peter said knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world or that are in and basically that are all over the place and in other words uh, I know that the same afflictions that are being accomplished in me are being accomplished in others that word accomplished really means it could have been more like to be imposed upon that would have been a better trans translation so there are temptations there are attacks there are struggles there are afflictions that are imposed upon each and every one of us and Peter is saying that the same afflictions are imposed in our brethren that are imposed on us in other words the same stuff I go through you go through amen I have to face some of the same things you have to face, and you have to face some of the same things that that I have to face, and we might face them in different ways, we might face them at different times and, and, and under different circumstances, but when it comes right down to it, there is nothing new under the sun, amen? And so Peter said we should resist because we understand that, that I'm not alone in this, I'm not, I'm not the only one that's going through stuff. Amen. Peter is trying to tell us uh, we're, we're not by ourselves. It, it tells us what Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. In other words, if you're going through it, somebody else has already been through it. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of your temptation. I'm not trying to make light of your struggle. I'm not trying to make light of your affliction because I would never do that. I've been through stuff on my own. I've, I've been through a lot of stuff, and, and a lot of those things have been very recent. And I don't want to ever make light of anybody's plight. But at the same time, I need to understand that there is, uh, there are people that have gone through what I'm going through. And God designed it that way so that we can help one another. We need to learn how to stay in the pack because we all face temptation. But we can all resist. We can all overcome. Look, it's a comfort to me to know that I'm not alone and I'm not the only one going through stuff. Amen? I'm not the only one that ever had to fight this same fight that I'm fighting right now. 
Peter is trying to tell us that while we need to be sober, while we need to be vigilant, while we need to resist, we should remember that we are not alone and we should stick together and stay in the pack. Because just like a lion or just like a wolf, one of, one of Satan's strongest tools and best strategies is to isolate us from each other and to turn our thoughts away from those around us. Because if he does that, then he can keep us from reaching out to one another and he can keep us from finding the strength that comes with unity. Come on, there is a strength that comes in unity. And if the enemy can isolate us, you know, the, you know the, there's that old adage that there's strength in numbers and, and there's strength in unity. And if we understand how strong we are when we're together, we'll, we, we wouldn't want to get out there by ourselves. But the enemy wants to make us believe we're all alone. He wants to isolate us. The enemy in the world try to tell us to, to go against the flow or don't be a part of the group or stand on your own two feet or be your own man or, or be your own woman or you don't have to listen to anybody else. You don't, you don't need anybody else. Just do it by yourself. And the enemy wants to get that thought in our mind because he's following us around and he's looking for opportunities to get us alone, to get us isolated, to get us separated from each other. Because he understands something that I believe we sometimes fail to understand and we need to understand. And, and God woke me up this morning with this thought in my mind is that the enemy is not strong enough to take us down when we are together. Come on, I'm going to say that again. The enemy is not strong enough to take us down when we are together. There's power in unity. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 12 says, And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. The enemy probably understands that better than we understand it. And that's why he fights so hard against unity. He would like nothing more than to get us divided. Because united we stand and divided we fall. Jesus said that a house that is divided against itself cannot stand. So it's no coincidence that Solomon, when he was writing his Proverbs, and he wrote that list about things that, that uh, God hates, and then he said six things God hates, and then seven are an abomination. I, I've kind of done a little bit of a study on that, and, and God hates, and, and abomination is something that God hates, but it's even further. It's something that he detests, something that, that, is a, that absolutely disgusts him, and it, it's just one of those things that just really gets him going and upsets him. And, and as you study that out, if you really look in the, in the Hebrew language, of how that's written, it kind of means these six things God hates, but the seventh thing he really hates. And that seventh thing on that list is he that sows discord among the brethren. But listen, if we can just stick together, we can have the greatest victory that we've ever known. Because we cannot, church, be defeated when we walk in unity. Oh, come on, I said, we cannot be defeated when we walk in unity. In the words of the songwriter, you're my brother, you're my sister, so take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. I just came to encourage somebody tonight to stay in the pack. Unity is something that we ought to guard diligently. Let me put it like this. If we're going to fight for something, then we ought to fight for unity. Oh, come on, somebody. 
If we're going to fight for something, then we ought to fight for unity. Uh, any, Micah, can you come here real quick? Please, buddy, come here. Quickly, we got to hurry. Matter of fact, I want everybody, just real quick, everybody stand up. Get a partner. Make it appropriate. Come on, we, we'll go down here. All right. One of my mom's favorite songs to do in Sunday school was this little song. It's called When We All Pull Together. Anybody ever heard that song? All right. We're going to learn this song together, okay? Now, you got to do the motions, though. That's why I wanted you to get a partner. Now, the song says when we all pull together, when we all pull together, when we all pull together, how happy we'll be. But you got to do the motions, right? So the motions go like this. You have to grab the hand of the person that's your partner. All right, and you're going to do like this. When we all pull together, pull together, pull together. When we all pull together, how happy we'll be. But there's another part of that song. Now you're, say with your partner. There's another part of that song. Now, it, it says, now look at this. Now, I see two brothers over here. They're probably going to get really good at this part of it. So, Brother Brown, I apologize if things get out of hand. I, now, but it's, it goes like this. When we all fight together how sad we'll be now this is the motion when we all fight together fight together fight together when we all fight together how sad we'll be give yourselves a hand you just learned a new song go ahead thank you micah that there's some power in that though because if we'll work, work together pull together Stand united, we'll not only be happy, but we'll be victorious. But if we start fighting amongst one another and backbiting and sowing discord and getting upset because somebody didn't shake my hand or, or, or getting upset because somebody looked at me the wrong way when they might not have even really been looking at me. If I allow the enemy to put all those thoughts in my mind about how this person doesn't like me or that person hurt me, and, hey, guess what? We're all human. Maybe I did miss, maybe I did mean to do something to you. I hope I didn't. And you're mad at me and you can't forgive me. That's what the devil wants. Because then he's going to isolate us. He's going to separate us and I'm going to be vulnerable to his attack. We need to learn how to stay with the pack. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and 3, Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with all longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. And look at this, verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace that word endeavor means to to attempt to do something by it means to really put forth a strong effort so that tells me that unity is something that we have to work at it's something we have to fight for unity does not always come easy brother king but if i'm to walk worthy of the vocation to which i am called as a christian then i must with humility with patience and with forbearance, I must endeavor, I must work to keep unity. I've got to learn how to put others before myself. I've got to learn how to be patient with others. The same way I need them to be patient with me sometimes. 
Amen. The word for bearing, it means to endure, to bear with, and to, to hold up. Look, sometimes I need to bear with you even when I don't understand you. And sometimes you need to bear with me even when you don't understand me. Sometimes you need to hold me up when I can't hold myself up. And sometimes I have to hold you up even though I feel like you ought to be able to hold yourself up. Well, come on now. How many times have you looked at somebody and said, I don't know why they're struggling with that. They've been in a church for so long. They shouldn't be struggling with that. I need to forbear my brother. I need to bear with them. I need to help them. I need to, I need to be there. I need to promote unity. I need to do my best to help them. Sometimes I've got to hold you up, or sometimes you've got to hold me up, even when you think I shouldn't have that problem. We've got to do that because we love one another. We've got to do that because we're all part of one body. No brother left behind. No sister left behind. I'm with you and you're with me and we're in this together and we're going to win because we're going to stay in the pack. Amen? It's all right. You can clap your hands to the Lord. That's good stuff. Amen. Ephesians 4 verse 11, Paul goes on. He says, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in what? In the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's a colon there, which means he's not done with that statement. we got to keep moving. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men, the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait, a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The fivefold ministry, the pastors, the teachers, the preachers, the evangelists, the apostles, the prophets, they were given so that we can stay unified. Because unity promotes growth. Did you hear that? Unity promotes growth. And growth and maturity will allow us to stand even stronger together. So they work. As I grow, I ought to be able to fight a little bit more for unity. And as I fight more for unity, I ought to grow a little bit. And as I grow, then I'll fight even harder for unity. And as I fight even harder for unity, then I'm going to grow even more. And it just keeps going on and on and on. In unity, we benefit from the effectual working of every part. I can do my part more effectively Brother Al, when you're doing your part. And Brother Al, guess what? You can do your part more effectively when I'm doing my part. And it's not just me and Brother Al. It goes all the way around here. You can look at anybody in here, that anybody that's in this room right now, and you can say, you know what? When you're doing your part, I'm better. And when I'm doing my part, you're better. Because that's the way it's designed. That's the way it works. Unity also means allowing the truth. To be spoken in love. Now I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't always want to hear the truth about myself. 
thankful for a wife that's not afraid to tell me the truth about myself sometimes. I don't always want to hear it. I'm thankful for a pastor that will tell me the truth about myself sometimes and, and other people. We had brother and sister Galen Thompson here a, a couple weeks ago with us, and they're mentors of, of Marie and, and, and mine, and, and uh, we had a conversation with them of some things they observed, and, and I did not want to hear what they had to say. It hurt. But it was done in love. And it is going to make me a better father and a better husband. And it's going to make us better parents, and it's going to make us stronger as a family. And I'm not that we were doing anything crazy wrong when I'm out there sitting and stuff, but there were some things they said, hey, you know what? You guys could do better. And, and I was grateful for that because I hear things all the time like you guys are doing such a great job with your kids and yada, yada, yada. And I hope I'm doing a good job with my kids. But, but sometimes you need somebody to say, hey, you know, yeah, you're doing a good job, but hey, what about this? I need to have somebody in my life that I will allow to speak the truth about me to me. Amen. Unity says, you are free to speak the truth to me because I know you're doing it in love. Unity says, I need to hear what you have to say because I know you have my best interests at heart. My best interest is your best interest. And your best interest is my best interest. So speak to me. Speak the truth to me. In love, brother, speak the truth to me in love, sister, because when you do that, I grow, and when I grow, you grow, and when you grow, I grow, because unity promotes growth. So we need to learn how to be vulnerable to one another. Because we're part of the body together. Now, I'm not saying you put out, go out there and put all your business in front of everybody. All right? Now, let's, let's be smart about it. But you better have some folks. And guess what? They shouldn't be out in the world either. You better find somebody in the church that you can go to and say, hey, tell me about myself. Yeah, you need to take a look in the mirror every once in a while, but sometimes you don't see right when you look in the mirror. Sometimes we have these little blinders on and we, and we have these little scales and we don't really see ourselves the way that, that we think, we, you know, way we need to see ourselves. And so, Brother Andres, every now and then I need somebody to say, hey, you know, sometimes I need a man of God to come to me and say, put that finger in my face. You are the man. I need to allow myself to have that in my life because it's going to help me grow. And if we understand that, it's going to help us all grow. And it's going to help us grow in unity. Unity promotes growth, which then helps us to stand firm in sound doctrine. Unity will also keep us from being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes along. Because if I'm connected to my brother... Brother, Brother Cesar, Brother Andres, can you come up here for a second? Brother Andres, your back's okay? You can, Brother Cesar, do you mind coming up? Your back's hurting? Okay. Brother, Brother, Mil Brother Milton's translating. Let's see here. Xavier, come here and help me out real quick, if you don't mind. All right, I'm full of illustrations tonight. All right. 
Look here. Let's let's just link arms here. But Xavier, come over here real quick on this side. All right. And look, we're we're walking together. We're gonna go that way. All right. We're walking together. Right. And I got Brother Andres on that side. Ain't nobody getting to me. Right. But if all of a sudden, if Brother Andres tries to go off that way, we're going this way. I could I'm I'm kind of linked up with him. I could pull him back. Bro, come back. Go, bro. Come on. Come on. We're going this way, man. Come on. Come back. Come back. Right. Hey, that's what I'm just talking about. Thank you. And Xavier can go off that way. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Come. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> because that's what unity is all about. We're working together. We're trying to go towards the same way. And if I'm hooked up, I'm linked in with some guys and some gals in the church that are with me. And they're on my side and they're for me. And that's what we should be, by the way then when I start to stray a little bit, they can yank me back. Come on now. Unity keeps us from becoming easy prey. You see, when, when, when you get isolated, you're more likely to listen to somebody that you never would have listened to before. Because with isolation comes loneliness. And when you get lonely, you get desperate. And desperation will cause you to do foolish things and listen to, foolo- and listen to foolish voices. Amen? Isolation will cause you to, to listen to voices that aren't speaking truth. Because you just want to feel accepted or you just want to feel a part of something. And you, you, you have to be very careful to stay hooked up, to stay in the pack. I love what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6. I'm trying to hurry. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Unity means that, yeah, you know what? I'm probably going to mess up. I'm probably going to slip up. I'm probably going to trip up. I might even fall. But you're going to be there to pick me up. And you'll be there with a heart that is leaning towards restoration. You're not going to be the one that's pointing at me and laughing at me because I fell. Or pointing at me and telling everybody else that I fell and and telling everybody else that I messed up and and taking pictures of it and posting it on Facebook and Instagram and and Snapchat and and, and tweeting all about how I messed up. No, because the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins, right? So as as my brother, as my sister, what you're going to do is you're going to say, hey, come here. I know you're hurting. Come here. Let's get up. Come over here. Let's let's get back over here. Let's go behind closed doors. Let's 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 clean up those wounds a little bit. Let's get you back up. I'm going to restore you in a spirit of meekness. You understand that it could have been you that fell. So you meekly and humbly reach down into the dirt and help me up. And then you patiently walk with me until I'm good to walk on my own again. Unity says, I will not let guilt override your mind. I will not let condemnation overtake you and begin to choke the life out of you because I believe in you. You're my brother. You're my sister. Take me by the hand. Let's get up again. Let's walk together. Let's be victorious together. Stay with the pack. Unity says a just man falls seven times, but rises again. 
It's the wicked man, the one that stays down, that falls into mischief. But the just man falls, but he gets up, he gets back up. And unity says, I'm going to help you get back up as many times as I need to help you get back up. Amen? Amen. Stay in the pack. And then Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Unity means that I carry your burdens, and you carry mine. There's going to be times when I become too weak, and I need your strength. And there's going to be times when you become too weak, and you're going to need my strength. In the sports world, it's called a pick-me-up. Yeah, I might have been down the court on one end, and I threw the ball away, and somebody stole it away, and they took it the other end. But there's somebody else rushing down the court, Brother Kane, in basketball terms, and as just as that guy begins to put up the layup, Brother Kane's rushing behind and blocking it off the backboard so that I can get the ball back and make up for my mistake. Amen. It's called unity. It's called bearing one another's burdens. It's called staying with the pack. I'm almost done. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Look at verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. There's two things you need to do to be healed <laughs> in this sense, in this passage. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Staying in the pack means that I pray for you. And you pray for me. Unity says, my brother is afflicted. He's weak. Let me pray for him, not talk about him. Come on. Unity says, my sister is hurting. She's struggling right now. Let me pray for her, not think bad about her. Listen, true unity creates a culture where it's okay to be vulnerable. Because I need somebody in my life to whom I can confess my faults. And I need somebody in my life to whom I can confide my weaknesses or my doubts or my fears. I know the Bible says that the Lord didn't give me spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. But when I was laying in that hospital bed, when I got out of the shower when I was in the hospital just a few weeks ago, And my wife was there, and I'm getting out of the shower, and my blood pressure dropped lower than it had any right to be. And I didn't know, and I had to to get help to get back to bed, and I didn't know what was going on. Guess what? There was fear. I'm thankful that I had somebody that called me and I could talk to them. I'm thankful that I had Pastor Trine coming and visiting me and encouraging me. I texted him once and I said, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest, I'm more down than, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was kind of having a pity party. He wasn't having any of that. He wouldn't let me have a pity party. He's just like, everything's going to be all right, you know. I mean, I, I mean, he texted me back and he was trying to be nice, but it, I think in his mind he was like, just pull up the bootstraps. <laughs> 
I know he, but I know he was there for me. He was there every single day. Brother Milton and Brother Sam, they were there every single day when I was in the hospital. And many of you came on a Sunday, and many of you came, and you called, and you checked on us, and you helped my wife. You watched the kids. And you did all those things, and I'm thankful for that because guess what? I know what the Bible says about faith, but my faith was low, and I needed somebody else to have faith for me. That's what unity is all about. That's what being a part of the body of Christ is about. We need to stay with the pack. True unity, true unity says, I'm here, for, I'm here for you. You're safe with me. Your concerns and your weaknesses and your struggles are safe with me. Go ahead and tell me about them because all I'm going to do with them is I'm going to tell Jesus. Come on. I'm almost done. I, I'm really close to being done right now. But I, I just felt something when I said that. True unity says, you know what, brother? You can tell me what you're struggling with right now. And you can trust that I'm not going to go blabbing it out to everybody else in the church and, and everything else. Guess what? I'm just going to tell Jesus about it. And we're just going to have a talk with Jesus. Right? And it's not coincidence that in this discourse, James declares, as we're talking about confessing our faults one to another and confiding in one another and helping one another and praying with one another and saying, you know what, my brother is weak and he needs a little bit of help. My sister's struggling right now and I'm going to be strong for her right now. In that, in that context, James then says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I believe there is no more powerful prayer than the prayer of a brother that is united and in agreement with his brother. And in that moment, in one spirit and in one faith, they cry out together to the Lord. There's no more powerful prayer than when sisters lock arms together and together in one mind and one accord, they offer up prayers to the Lord for each other. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20, that if any two of you agree as touching anything, it shall be done unto you, because where two or three are gathered together in my name, there will I be in the midst. You know what the context of that, that passage was? Forgiving one another and being in unity. Right after that is when Peter said, Lord, how often must I forgive my brother? Seven times? And the Lord said, until 70 times. Seven because unity says, you know what, I understand you're human just like me. And we're going to work through this and we're going to get past it. Because guess what, we're going to pray in just a little bit. And when we pray, God's going to hear our prayer. But if I don't forgive and if I don't walk in unity, God's not going to hear my prayer. He's not obligated to do it. We like to use that verse that says, oh, well, there's only a few of us in service tonight. because The Lord's going to be in the midst of us. No. That scripture means when two or three are gathered together in my name, when they gather together, the key word is together. It's not about how many. It's about being together. And if we get in unity, that's when our prayers become powerful, more powerful than ever before. I want you to stand with me, please. We've heard two messages tonight, and I believe that we just need to go ahead and close. And let, I, I'm going to ask everybody. In just a moment, just come to the altar. Let's pray together. Remember, we open with the scripture that said, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so I want us to do what that scripture says. I want us to draw near. 
Tonight, I want us to consider one another. And I want us to provoke each other to love and to good works. And I don't know what you're going through, but maybe you've got a burden tonight that you need a little bit of help bearing. I want us to all come down to the altar tonight, as if you feel like it. You don't have to, but I would love as many of you as possible to come down to the altar. And I want you to find somebody to pray with. Be appropriate, ladies with ladies, men with men, unless you're married or relatives. But let's get together and let's pray for one another because we need each other. I'm going to be strong for you and you can be strong for me. I need you. Come on, let's pray. Pray for each other like you want to be prayed for yourself. Lord, I need you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
never